Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 864. The thing to remember as a car enthusiast is to talk to people, stay open, and more importantly, listen to people. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Bruce Sweetman. Hey, Bruce, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am, Mark. Ready to go. All right. Bruce Sweetman is a freelance automotive writer and photographer. He's a contributing editor and photographer at Road Scholars Magazine, Excellence Magazine, and the 356 Registry Magazine. I get all of those. I love them. And he's a frequent contributor to Porsche. Panorama, and Auto Week magazines as well. I get those as well, so we're we're playing in the same field. His stories and photographs have appeared in numerous publications, including Road & Track and Total 911, in addition to fine automotive books. Bruce's clients include automobile manufacturers, museums, and private owners. He makes his home in Nashville, Tennessee, and on the northern Oregon coast. So, Bruce, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and an obvious passion for automobiles? Uh, Sure, Mark. I wanted to share a little about my early uh, days. I I grew up in a a family of car enthusiasts, the the main one being my my father and my three older brothers, or at least two of my three older brothers. It was also a musical household. And so I grew up with music around me, classical music and jazz music, and just a little bit of country music. (laughs) Yeehaw! Yeah. I think that really set me on a course. I went to to a music school, studied music and design and, and violin performance. And then from there, I played with a number of bands and ended up with a very successful uh, band in the 80s. We had a uh, platinum-selling album. Wow. And I was able to parlay the... uh, the music and later the the uh, passion for automobiles into really the two careers. So there was the music and then the cars and the photography. And at one point, I started uh, writing for club magazines, uh, for Roundell and for the registry and uh, going to more events. Pretty soon, I was doing racing coverage for Auto Week magazine and writing automotive profiles for Auto Week magazine. And along the way, I developed my photographic skills and... From there, it's just uh, continued to uh, take more of my uh, my concentration, my time, and uh, that's a brief wrap-up. Where we are today. Are you still yeah. involved in music? I still play music as time allows. I've found, and this is one of the things that in my career that I've determined that you have to make decisions about what's most important. So the writing and the photography has become what's most important, and things happen on the weekends, and you either do one thing or the other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and they both require a lot of uh, dedication and research and time. So the photography and especially the writing, uh-huh. I have to uh, set aside quite a lot of time for that. Absolutely. Well, I'll let our listeners know, I ran into Bruce down during Car Week in Monterey. We walked around for a while at the Carmel Concours, which was very cool. That Tuesday of that oh, week, yeah. we saw a lot of awesome cars. And obviously, we both share a passion for Porsche with all the writing you do for the, those club magazines. All of those I get. And I read a lot of what yeah. you've done, if probably if not all of it. So bravo to you. You uh, you keep me occupied when I'm not sitting here in front of the microphone talking 
speaking to uh, inspiring automotive enthusiasts. And as we continue on your journey, Bruce, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, something that has great meaning to you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, so Bruce, take the wheel. Well, this one is came out of a musical association, and the quote is, straight ahead and strive for tone. And that is a quote that I was given by a, a, a bass player friend of mine, a jazz bass player who actually worked with Frank Zappa for a number of years. And to me, it applies to all of my work, always going for the best, the integrity, the quality of the photo, the conciseness of the story, the right words, the editing, straight ahead and strive for tone. It's sort of another version of keep your eyes on the prize in a way. Keeps me between the ditches. There you go. And it kind of reminds me of that uh, Kaizen philosophy of sharpening the saw, of always working on making things better, as best as they can be, working really hard. Um, that's the first time that quote's been on this uh, show. So I like the the uh, reference to music and the creativeness that you have on your photography and your writing side. Let's take a walk back in time and talk about your passion for cars and what instigated that. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy, just like your dad and your brothers? I would have to say probably the Rose Cup races in Portland, Oregon, which happened every summer in June. And probably the earliest one I remember would be maybe 63. But the one that really sticks out in my mind is 1964 when the Porsche 904 appeared on the racetrack. Ooh, nice. Something about the way that uh, car moved, the sound, reminds me a little bit of what I later saw as a covering uh, the American Le Mans series with the uh, Audi R8. Oh. There was just something so special about that car. And to, do, to this day, it's one of my, my favorite uh, models. Yeah. 904. Yeah, the 904. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful, beautiful cars. Another one of my favorite Porsche cars. I think they're all my favorites, though. I, I like them all. So my listeners who are regular listeners are laughing going, Mark, if it says Porsche on it, you probably love it. So you're probably right. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down, Bruce. You've chosen several career paths that are fraught with highs and lows. Challenges, music, of course. Holy cow, that's a tough one. Then you went into riding, photography, more challenges, of course. So take us down to a path where you had a big challenge, even a big failure that you faced, but then walk us through how you moved past that and what it taught you. Right. So as a freelancer, I'm always looking for that great story or that great, unusual, significant car to cover or that individual who has, who I know has a story to tell. So when I was introduced to a gentleman named Tim Goodrich, who's a a restorer in uh, Southern Oregon, Actually, I guess I had first seen his cars in magazines, uh, some reference to Tim. I thought, who is this guy, Tim Goodrich, in these fantastic restorations? Primarily Porsche 356s is what I had seen. And it took me a couple of years to befriend him, not friend him, not Facebook, befriend him. And finally, he, he took my call and said, I'm, instead of saying, I'm busy, I'm, I'm heading out this week, he said, come on over. And I hit it off with Tim. And he showed me some of the cars he was restoring, and just just wonderful, wonderful work. And a super nice guy, also into hot rods and micro cars and such. And we just we enjoyed each other's company. About a year, and I ended up profiling one of his cars, a Porsche Carrera two. And about a year after that, he called me and said, "I have some cars I think you might be interested in." And when I went to see him, he he had some of them there, and they were the first four Speedsters and the first two Carrera Speedsters. Whoa. And he said. I thought you might be interested in doing a story on these cars. Oh, uh, yeah. I said, yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. And 
he said, let me introduce you to the owner and we'll go from there. So I was down at my home on the Oregon coast and I, I took a call, just cold call when picked up the phone and gentlemen, this is my name, Steve Heinrichs, and I own those, the cars. Ah, uh, yes, Steve Heinrichs. While. That's your yeah. familiar name. Yes. And, um, it was all, all well and good. And then he just said, how would you like to help me promote the Speedster 50th anniversary? And I just kind of stopped cold and we talked a little more. I said, well, let me, let me think about it. And my first thought was, I'm not really a, a publicity promotion guy. Uh, I'm really interested in writing about those, those cars, but, as I consulted with myself, I thought, well, you do have a lot of contacts. You have editorial contacts. You have people in the business contacts. This is why he came to you, and perhaps he's read your writings and know that you have a certain ability. Mm-hmm. So I decided I'll do it. And um, the challenge came when I spoke to my editor, who had already agreed for me to do these stories, that he felt it was a conflict of interest to promote the event and do the story that was going to um, I incorporate these, these four cars. Well, I didn't exactly see it that way. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, you're you're up to your knees in uh, in the involvement there. So, but yeah. I, I so can kind of see it. A, I had to make a choice, uh-huh. and I chose to go with the promotion and marketing and, and sharing and building up of this event because I was probably in a good position to do it, and I felt I had the ability. And so I had to give up that other plum assignment. Mm-hmm. And it, but it, you know, it was a great event. Uh, people still talk about it. And it was my introduction to that area, Carmel and the, and the Quail. And they, I mean, it, it went to all those great, and Laguna Seca, all those great locations. And then it, I did follow up with another event, the 2011 Porsche Race Car Classic, where I worked on that event as well. And I learned it's all a matter of editing and the way, it's just another style of writing. Yeah, uh, when I write a 750 word story, or I have wow, I have 2,500 words to work with, or I have a press release, you know, with bullet items, and it's just another challenge. And so that was um, that was a challenge to to go with that, and um, I, I think it was just expanded my horizons and opened up some more work. Oh yeah, well I attended both those events, and they were great. Oh, by the way, was- they were both great fun. The Speedster event was awesome because it's one of my bucket list cars. The bucket's gotten far too expensive these days, but... uh, No rust bucket. Yeah, well, even rust buckets, exactly, yeah. Great event. So what's your takeaway from that experience? Because you were put in a little bit of a a, a vice lock there that you had to make a decision. Do I stay the course of what I've always done or try something totally new? What's your takeaway for a listener that might find themselves in that same situation? For me, I had to just consult my muse and say... This is one story. This is a great story, but I know it's not going to be the story. And I have six cars I can write about. This magazine is not going to want a a book. This is almost like a book. Right. So it's a plum assignment, but at the same time, it's going to have to come down. It's going to be a challenge to put this into 2,500 words. So the other part of it, weighing that against working on this event that was going to involve thousands of people and and hundreds of fantastic cars – from all over the world. And then there was a little bit about uh, the monetary payoff, mm-hmm. where I knew this was the event was like a year and a half out. And I was in a position to negotiate my terms. And I'm not greedy, but I knew it was going to involve a lot of time. Oh, yeah. And I saw it as a, as a good piece of work and something that I would be able to to be valuable as that, uh, that person doing that. So it was, it was kind of standing outside of myself and looking at what should Bruce do Yep. And this, this may, he could apply himself to this. He'll be good at this. It's a lot of work. It's going to be fantastic. 
go for it. And then just let the other story go. Well, my takeaway is when you, when you get an opportunity like this put in front of you, even if you've never done it, if you can take a chance and do it, do it because you never know where it might lead to and it can broaden your horizons, open up your world to something else. Sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes it opens up a lot of other doors. So uh, great, great story. And again, those were fun, fun events to attend. I enjoyed yeah. both of them very much. So funny that now we're talking, but certainly we walked past each other probably many times at both <laughs> those events thinking yeah. back because they weren't huge numbers of people, but they were – yes. Fantastic cars. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. What was yours all about? You know, really, I think I've sort of answered that question partially in that last, in my last answer, mm-hmm. uh, my last segment about the expanding my horizons, doing something different. And that was one of the, uh, one of those, those moments where I had to just open up and it, it didn't lead to going in, into being a publicist or in, into marketing. And really that wasn't an area that I would necessarily want to do full time because I love, I love covering the cars and the, and the people so much. But that was a path that I took that took me down a different track that was, you know, it was, uh, I can do different areas within the, the enthusiasm within the business of the cars. Right. There are a lot of different ways to go. This is one of them. Let's see where that leads. And I'm, I'm open to that. Bravo. Awesome. Well, how about a proudest business or career a moment? I would assume you've had many of those over your many years of working in the field. But is there one that really stands out you could share? There's one that's very succinct and it, it stands out. It was the first, I believe it was the first story that I wrote for Road and Track for Four or five years, I covered the uh, American Le Mans series, Road and Track, mm-hmm. from 97 to 2003 or four, something like that. I believe it was the first time I covered the Petit Le Mans. It was the Petit Le Mans and, the, uh, and Sebring, basically. That's what wrote. By that time, Road and Track was no longer covering all the races. And I wrote this thousand-word story for Road and Track, and my editor was Joe Roos, who was uh, someone I've always admired and a, a great guy and a great writer, and he was motorsports editor at Road and Track at the time. And... I got a, a text message from Joe. I This was back when cell phones were kind of new, but I got a text message. I was actually involved in another area. I was on the CMA Awards playing uh, uh, strings for a, some big star in the country music field. And wow. I came backstage at the Grand Old Opry, and I had a text message from Joe. And it said, perfect, wouldn't change a thing. Wow, nice. And that was, that was a proud moment because uh, oh, yeah. that's what you want to hear, that you've – achieved what you were trying, your clarity. It's like an ace, an ace yeah. in tennis, yeah. <laughs> and I loved, I loved his, uh, his short message as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I yeah. love it. That's great. Well, congratulations for that. Now, let's go back in time again and talk about your first really special car, a car that you've acquired in your past that had a lot of meaning for you, and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Right. So I will give you a couple uh, quickly. My first car was a... Uh, Hillman Minx, 1960, <laughs> with a burnt valve. You hear something funny. I think you're the second person out of 863 people that have answered that question with a Hillman Minx. So pretty rare well, car. <laughs> that wasn't the most special, but I just wanted to give it a little airtime there. Okay. It was, <laughs> it, was a, it was a cute little car. Yeah. Non-synchro, shifted into fourth at about 25, uh-huh. and uh, it went another 20 miles an hour faster than that comfortably. <laughs> Downhill. <laughs> uh, the first really special car was probably my BMW 1600. Oh, nice. Dash two, as they called it. It was, I believe, the first 
import to America of that 2002 body style. Mm-hmm. It's 1967, six volt, the last year of the six volt. Yeah. <laughs> the six volt. And I had just uh, gotten a fairly sizable royalty check from the album that we had, uh, had apparently people liked this, uh, this group. And so I had been looking for something a little lower end and then I get this check and I say, well, I can get something else. And I started looking through the paper and I found this car and I, I went out and I drove it and it's fantastic. And my, uh, my girlfriend was with me at the time and the car was not what we'd call a, a lot of money, but at the time, $3,000 was more than I'd ever spent on a car, 1981. And I asked the, uh, the owner and wanted $3,000 to put on down payment on a 320i. Mm-hmm. And I offered her 2750 and my girlfriend says, Bruce, just write her a check. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you decided was she's not the one you're going to marry? <laughs> she wasn't the one I married. That's, that's true. But, <laughs> yeah. but I did. I wrote her a check. I, n- I never had any qualms about it. I drove that car across the country two years later mm-hmm. from Nashville to uh, – from Portland, Oregon to Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. That was a wonderful drive, just a solo drive. And Yeah. By then, you'd kick that gal to the curb and said, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I suppose I probably cruised about 80 or so, you know, when it, as things allowed. And I've sure. – but I've had that car up near its top end, and the last anecdote about that car I wanted to share was the when I sold it, it had two hundred and ninety thousand on it. It was wow. still running great, one hundred and forty maybe on the engine that had just been rebuilt when I bought it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was rusting around its uh, its tires, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And the owner I sold it to, he liked it, but I don't know why I gave him the manual for it, but I did. <laughs> and I wished I kept the manual. My favorite page in the manual said, "Top speed one hundred miles an hour." Top cruising speed, 97 miles an hour. <laughs> this just said it all. You know, the, the confidence of the manufacturer and, yeah. and the actuality of that overbuilt engine and the balance could run it at 90 and you'd be, and you'd be going for, for an hour and you'd stop, pull off at the off ramp, pull up the light and it would just purr, just idle. Yeah. No problem. Wonderful little car. Very nice. Very cool. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a seller's remorse here in the eye story you would share with us? You know, there really isn't a seller's remorse. Except for that manual on the, <laughs> the, the yeah. owner's manual, that, uh, that BMW. The Minx would be cute to have around. I have a, an association with a, with a 66 Dodge Dart that technically belongs to my one of my car brothers, uh-huh. my next oldest brother. And it lives up in Portland, Oregon. And every summer when I go up, I go to that car, I take the tarp off, and I... I check the fluid levels and I fire it up. And then every time it fires up and it may have sat all year. He may drive it occasionally, but oftentimes not. It was two years this last, last time it went wow. up there. And his wife has threatened to have it towed off the property. because <laughs> He doesn't get rid of his old cars and that one's kind of lunky and, and it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's not the greatest lands, piece of landscape for her. I don't know why. It's a beautiful <laughs> uh, blue. I found out the color is actually called custard. So, Maybe it's a little prescient to seller's remorse if he had to sell it. But I think I would do everything I could to buy it and figure out a way to – maybe I could keep it down at that beach house on the coast yeah. or something like that. You yeah, know? there you go. If I were to sell that car, then I would have some seller's remorse because it's a slow, reliable car. Uh-huh. I always have to work on it, but you yeah. know, that's the way old cars are. <laughs> Fun. Well, maybe that'll end up in your garage someday. I have a feeling if you let his wife know, that's where it's going to get towed to. So you, know, <laughs> you may find it when you go back to Oregon one day. Oh, look at that. Nice, nice little early Christmas present for uh-huh. me. Well, what are you working on these days that has you really excited and fired up? I just finished a story on the uh, the Gyro X 
You and I talked about that on the lawn at Pebble Beach. Yeah. The lawn at Pebble Beach. And this story originated from Nashville, Tennessee, where we have this wonderful uh, museum, the Lane Motor Museum. And you need to interview Jeff if you haven't got him on here. Working on that. Good, good. They will take on the weirdest projects. And this is one of the weird ones. Uh, mm-hmm. This uh, two-wheeled vehicle with, stabilized by a gyroscope, which uh, was a five-year restoration that really was more like a year and then a half a year just compressed because they just to get all the pieces together to, to do it. But they took home uh, the Dean Bachelor Award, which is a, is a wonderful honorary award. And I just uh, file a story uh, on that. It'll be in the Auto Week uh, soon, I'm sure, in the magazine. Yeah, I just got my new Auto Week magazine. They just did a bit of a redesign on that magazine. Yeah, yeah. I just pulled it out of the mail before I came in the room. And I also just did a story on a, on a, a neat a story on a, a 1979 Porsche Turbo, which at the time everyone thought would be the last Turbo to come to America. They came back in 86. But the 79 remains probably one of the best ones to, to get, to have, because it was a big improvement over the early one. And it you know, it's owned by a Tennessee Highway Patrol officer. Oh, wow. <laughs> here. And uh, so it's a neat story. And I just uh, filed that story. I have another uh, 9-11 uh, story that I'm going to start in on, a 67 9-11 S, with a connection to the 60s uh, music scene and, uh, and Paul Simon. We'll see how that plays out. Sounds like fun. All things I'm looking forward to reading, being a Porsche fan alike I am. So very, <laughs> very cool. Well, here's a very introspective question. We chatted about this in our pre-show chat a little bit. It's a unique question, kind of different. If Bruce was a car, what kind of car would he be and why? Well, as I thought about it, I came up with a Porsche 911, an early Porsche 911. Okay. And I know it may be kind of um, an obvious answer and and a car that I would also love to have. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's because the the Porsche 911, it represents the leanness, the simplicity, and the staying power, the endurance, and the speed. And those are all uh, qualities that I associate with. So, and it's attractive. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, first and foremost, it's a very functional, elegant, yeah. lightweight, long-lasting tool. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Well, when I had my son Blake interview me on my 300th show here at Cars, yeah, <laughs> he asked me that question, and that's very similar to the way that I answered it. I would be a 911 for a variety of reasons. Some of them a little different than yours. I'm not as handsome as you, Bruce, so uh, <laughs> I had to leave that part out. But uh, I understand that. Yeah, it's uh, you know Porsches are just kind of steadfast, rock solid. They're always 911s are always going, and I, I love those early cars as well. So nice answer, very cool. Well, Bruce, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, 
and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Bruce, we are back, and we're entering the last lap. The white flag's out. Time to put our foot into it, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answer. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? When throttle is called for, use it with great vigor. (laughs) (laughs) And that comes from Secrets of Solo Racing by Henry Watts. I love it. That was a a book that I spent some time with in my early uh, autocrossing and uh, track days. Very uh, Lots of great information there. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? I'm outgoing. I, I love talking to people. For me, that's that's important. Uh, there's so much to learn, and everybody sees cars through a little different eyes. And if you can listen and and stay open to what others have to say, there's much to learn. How about a resource? There are lots of great resources out there today. Is there one you'd like to share? Well, since I've kind of uh, spent a lot of time talking about Porsches, I recommend getting a copy of Excellence Was Expected, the uh, three-volume set of Carl Ludwigsen, yes, which is like a Bible. For a Porsche lover. And in general, I feel that books are still a great, great resource. And I love using the web for quick research, but I almost always follow it up, corroborate it with printed, edited material that I that I research in books. Because you can't really trust something, especially off one source, off the Internet. Even if it came from someone you think it did, maybe it didn't. <laughs> maybe but there's, it didn't. And, of course, like they used, I used to say with libraries, when I go to look for a book at a library or, or an audio tape, or I'll find something I hadn't thought of. Maybe it's the same author. Maybe it's something else. You know, that, and so there's that kind of randomness that comes with, with books that I'll go to research you know, of course, the the problem is it's a rabbit hole. You end up spending all morning. Yeah. You went to, to <laughs> determine how many turbos were sold in the U.S. or delivered the U.S. in 1979. And three hours later, you found the answer, but you've learned a lot more. But, you know, that's, uh, that's how you expand your, your knowledge base. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would that be? Well, I, I thought of three people. and I thought about this. Uh, Ferdinand Porsche. No big surprise, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I understand you know, a fairly quiet, kind of a definite personality, perhaps. But I think if I brushed up on my German, uh, that would be the other part of that. I would just want to hear some stories and, and ask him about his father. And So I said Ferdinand. Actually, I meant Ferry Porsche. You're talking about, uh, okay, yeah, Ferdinand's son, Ferry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, another one would be uh, Innes Ireland who I read uh, lots of great race reports uh, in road and track. So I, uh, I've started to weed my library of magazines down. 
but I cannot uh, dispense the old road and tracks going back to about mm, early 80s. I tried once, and I retrieved them from the <laughs> recycle bin. Yeah. So you can go back and read a race report by Innes Ireland or Henry, Man- Henry Manny, and they're just, they're just great. There's yes. a lot there. Yeah. The other one would be Ken Gross. Actually, I have had uh, uh, sat down with Ken Gross over a beer. So nice. <laughs> that's, uh, but there's one of our, our living legends. There are a lot of great authorities and personalities out there that uh, are, are, if you have the opportunity, if it's just sitting with them listening, you know, take it. Absolutely. Yeah, Ken's been a guest here on Cars Yeah. He was a, a delight to talk to. So now you guys are Cars Yeah alumni, which is pretty uh, darn cool. Good, good, good. Back to books. Now, you mentioned uh, Ludwig's book, The uh, Excellence Was Expected, sits on my mm-hmm. shelf as well. But is there another book you'd like to uh, cite here that you think our listeners should crack open and read? Well, there's a great book by the uh, historian uh, David Halberstam, who uh, – unfortunately died in a car wreck about 10 years ago, who wrote The Best and the Brightest, which is a book about Vietnam War. But he wrote a a very insightful book about the decline of the American auto industry and the rise of the the Southeast Asian Japanese auto industry called The Reckoning. And that's uh, just a fantastic read, no matter what kind of cars you're into. So uh, uh, yeah, I'm kind of a a, a history book buff, and uh, this checks all the boxes of history and excitement you know it's just the story and there's another one that i just want to mention it's it's called small wonder ah volkswagen the amazing story of the volkswagen by Hen- walter henry nelson revised and enlarged well this little <laughs> paperback book is is not very large but there's a lot of great information there and what a great story the the volkswagen is and if you're a, if you're a porsche buff you you need to Educate yourself on, on the Volkswagen because right. that's where it started. Where it, all, where it all began, for sure. Well, listeners, you will find all these great resources Bruce has shared on his show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Bruce Sweetman, and you'll find all these great references listed, including quick, easy clicks to buy on the books as well. It made it really easy for you. All right, Bruce, we are up to the checkered flag. This last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world today. Don't worry about the money. I'm writing the check. What would that car be and why? It would have to be that car that really set my wheels turning in uh, back in 64, the uh, Porsche 904. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, that's not going to be and cheap. <laughs> no, but sorry about that, Mark. But uh, it'll hold its value. Wait, yes. That doesn't do you any good. Uh, that's okay. As long as you're happy, that's all I care about. You no, know, I could say uh, Ferrari 250 GTO, and that would be just a fantastic car to have. And if I never sold it, so be it, you know, just to have that car. But again, because of the same things I mentioned about the, the 911, you know the 904 is going to start, it's going to run. And it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's the one. Ah, oh, wonderful, wonderful cars. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Bruce, you've taken us on a great ride today. I knew you would have really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. And with me, would you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Porsche 904? Okay. Well, I'm probably reiterating what I've already said. And, I think the thing to remember as a car enthusiast is to talk to people, stay open, and more importantly, listen to people. 
they talk about it being sometimes an old person's a hobby, and that's that's true to a, to a great degree, and it's a young person's hobby. And the old people aren't going to be around forever, and the young people, it's just important that we share our our wisdom and our experiences. So really, just uh, stay open, and when you see a car you like, ta- ask, go talk to the owner about it. You know, most most car owners are are very happy to talk about their, their oh cars. oh yeah they are absolutely and that's what we do here on Cars Yeah five days a week is we talk to people about cars that want to share their lives and their careers and their businesses and their passions and that's what you've done with us today I want to thank you for that what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and what you're doing these days well there's my website which is uh, Bruce Sweetman Photography or www.brucesweetman.com there you will find a somewhat recent portfolio of my work and there's always a, a contact button there and i'm i'm always you want to talk to people or email or whatever it, it takes to to stay in touch and learn about what you're interested in and it's always great to get feedback so there's that look for my byline in panorama or auto week or road scholars magazine and take the time to to RSV, the editor, if you, you like something or if you want to contact me that way. They, we have what we call a fan mail. Whenever there is a response that comes into a, to a magazine, to the editorial office, they will pass it on to the, the author, whether it's myself or somebody else. Perfect. And, and uh, photographers and authors always really enjoy that contact. And sometimes it can lead to uh, something good for both, both parties. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to everything Bruce has shared on his show notes page, including links to his website. Here at CarsYeah.com, just go to CarsYeah.com, type Bruce or Bruce Sweetman. That page will pop up with links. I would encourage you to check out what Bruce is up to. Regarding Road Scholars, I had Cam as a guest here on the show, and I had his dad, Robert Ingram, on the show. You can go to their website and subscribe to that cool magazine for free, which is very cool. Just right, got my right. copy in the email yesterday, I think it was. So uh, that's another nice thing I'll put a link to there. Bruce, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Until you and I talk again, I am sure I'll see you down the road. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. 
Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!